Hello, I'm the DM, creator and host of the Fools and Flagons D&D campaign. So grab your drinks and raise your glasses. You're listening to the Fools and Flagons podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome uh, to Whiskey Wednesdays, a Fools and Flagons show where I, the DM, review and discuss various topics regarding D&D as suggested by you and the lovely people in our Discord. Whiskey Wednesdays will be available the Wednesday after the Twitch stream on our YouTube channel and in podcast form on iTunes, Spotify, and many other mainstream podcast services. We have a calendar to help keep track of all of our upcoming streams because we're kind of spastic and this is a hobby for us. Uh, the link should be down below for you to click on and see what's coming up next. Ooh. Moving on. Whoa! Um, hello, Becca. Um, donations are never required, but always appreciated. If you would like to support us, please consider our coffee page. All proceeds from donations and memberships go straight back into making Fools and Flagons an even better experience, and it helps keep the podcast alive and well. You can purchase a doodle of questionable quality from our coffee page. For mere $5, you're not only helping us out, but you'll get a doodle from Venera, creature of your, cho- uh, creature of your choosing, the quality of which will be questionable at best. I would also like to say that your subscriptions and bits on Twitch are very much appreciated. I do apologize that I cannot recognize them on stream during the campaign for the sake of not interrupting the story, but your support is always appreciated. So, Bye. announcements are done. Whee! Okay, cool. First drink of the night. Here we go. And sip. Chug pussy. <sighs> no, you don't chug whiskey. Yeah, that's why I said pussy afterwards. Obviously, I'm chugging, so I'm calling you a pussy. No, he's smart. Don't be wasteful. Well, it has nothing to do with being smart. It's proper Irish etiquette. Exactly. See? Ian gets it. You're a fucking heathen for chugging whiskey, you monster. I don't take offense to that. Okay. Well, hi, hello. I tried to blitz through those, uh announcements as quickly as possible because it's boring for everyone involved but there you go failing miserably what what i will end you you can try (laughs) okay so on our topic board or topic menu for tonight we've got uh introducing a new character to an existing party uh be it a brand new character or an old character's death uh hopefully Kayla will be joining us because she suggested why Kelpie is great and Druids are broken. If she doesn't show up, we may just skip that one or just skip to, I don't know, we'll talk about Druids and how much we hate them or something. Um, Another one that was suggested, I believe this one was suggested by Martyr. I forgot to write down, hold on, let let me go to our Discord channel, which you should totally join. It is free and we are super fucking friendly in there. Which one, which subject? (laughs) <laughs> let me see yes um, ian which subject i'm looking i'm looking uh yeah i don't remember if it was uh martyr or you zeke about the casting spells without spell slots oh no that was me that was i you? think he i think he chimed in though when i suggested <clears throat> it uh, well, we're also going to talk about taverns and inns, and we will be discussing uh, very briefly on divine intervention, as there is a certain someone in the party that is actually two somebodies that are sort of close to unlocking that ability. 
So, with that being All said, right. does anybody have a particular menu item that they would like to start with? Mm. This is your um, stream, good sir. Oh, I'm I'm just, just the uh, catalyst. I'm just, I'm just the guy behind the counter. You guys order. <clears throat> I want to just roll a d6. Nope, that'll work. Let me just grab a little thing in there, and there's a hurrah! That is four taverns and inns. So this is something that I've been um, trying to expand myself on and and make it a little bit more in depth, um, because I feel like there's a bit of a stereotype in some descriptions that I hear and the way that they're um, portrayed. And, like, okay, so, taverns, what, what's, uh, man, words are hard. Not all inns are taverns, and not all taverns are inns, but they can be both. So, taverns generally provide food and drink. It's where people come in the village to relax after a hard day's work, catch up with each other, and just wrap up the day. An inn provides rooms for sleeping. Inns will sometimes also have food that doesn't necessarily make them a tavern. A tavern usually has a big open space with lots of tables, a bar, kitchen in the back. Um, so an inn can be a tavern, but a tavern can't be an inn, if that makes sense. Gen generally speaking, in, in the wide world of nomenclature um so the first thing i really wanted to kind of touch on with that is just the basic bitch like bog standard boring as fuck stereotypes there's a mysterious figure in the corner they're a quest giver and you know the the other thing is like a dm that really just doesn't understand or maybe just doesn't even care uh a low number of staff working at these locations. It takes a lot of fucking people to run a business. And like, you yeah. might be able to get away with it in smaller towns, like what you guys have been experiencing in the untamed West, but a bigger town is going to need a lot more people to run it. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what, what are some other stereotypes that you guys can think of? Like if you, when I, the DM, say, you walk into a tavern, what's, like, the first thing that comes to mind? Like, oh, boy, here it comes. There's a bunch of groups of people giving shoddy looks at whoever walks in because they think they're hot shit. I can't tell you how many shows or animes I've watched where, like, the character like the character of the group walks into a tavern and it's just, like, all of a sudden it's, like, everyone's just, like, in their groups looking at them, like, who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. <clears throat> just prejudging. Well, um, now, I, I have... Go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, my first in instance is it's always a dingy wooden building, low light, random um, race person behind the counter. Uh, there's usually a chimney and a fireplace in the corner. And that's, yeah, that, that kind of just dingy wooden building. <laughs> well, to kind of go off of what um, Zach was saying, uh, it, it is very much a stereotype, and you're not wrong. But some places actually kind of touch on it a bit, because 
a lot of the times those places are where people of the town meet every single night to gather and talk and hang out. And then this adventuring party comes in. And as you said, they're literally just like, who the fuck are these people? So, yeah. I mean, in some instance, there there is a reason behind those stairs. But you are right. It is very much an overplayed uh, trope. <clears throat> so, uh, some ideas that I have to break some of those stereotypes is you have a normal-looking local approach the party with a job. Instead of having the mysterious pipe smoker in the corner, the lone wolf uh, Aragorn motherfucker. So... A few ways you can, or one of the ways you can go about that is you can have the players overhear a conversation about a problem. So instead of, you know, the five of you walking into the building and some guy comes up and he's spinning his hat in his hands and like, excuse me, sirs, I have a massive rat problem in the basement. You are there enjoying yourselves having a drink and you overhear at the next table loudly talking and cursing about rats that are in his basement. Mm. Now... Knowing you guys, you'd probably completely fucking ignore it and just go yeah, on with your day. They're but fucking rats. <laughs> <laughs> but it is—it's a different way of presenting a quest instead of, you know, someone who oh, has yeah. a job like that isn't going to be sitting in the corner waiting. They're going to be going out and looking for someone. Uh, the other way to break it is fill the place with NPC servers, cooks, cleaners, bards. Um, have some food and drink menus prepared that match the, the location. So, you know, if you're seaside, you're probably going to have a lot of fish. If you're in the middle of nowhere, you're probably going to have some leaner, um, tougher meat from like deer, maybe big insects, depending if you're near mountains or whatever. Um, if you're out in, like, hilly pastures, you're probably going to have nicer, juicier cuts of meat because, you know, the wildlife there can support such a thing. Um, the NPCs have lives. The NPCs are, I mean, as I said before, they're there to relax after a long day of work and socialize with each other. Um, they aren't sitting around waiting to give people a quest, so... You can make them impatient, and if the party takes too long to decide, you know, they say, hey, I'm willing to give you 10 gold to go kill this giant cricket in my basement, and you guys take too long pitter-pattering because some of you don't want to touch and fuck with bugs, and some of you are saying, well, 10 gold's 10 gold, let's go do it. If you take too long, the NPC might just fuck off and not give you the quest anymore. You guys are yeah, really budding conversationalists. It's, it's fun. I mean, to like here. I don't know when you, I, like I don't know when you're gonna stop, or like if there's just more. No, just fucking interrupt me at any point. Oh, okay. Shut the fuck up then. Yeah, okay. That can happen. <laughs> I mean, like it's all it's always a matter of presentation, like and then indecisiveness. I mean, you are right. If the party takes too long, a normal person would probably walk up and say, "Screw this shit. I just go find somebody who probably want to do it." I, I actually watched a video not too long ago 
It was one of the original um, Baldur's Gate games, I think. Or maybe it was Elder, one of the Elder Scrolls games. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could actually break the game and make it so you couldn't beat it. Um, like, at the very beginning of the game, you're approached by an NPC who says, like, hey, there's someone who wants to hire, hire you specifically. They're going to be at this tavern in this city, and they'll wait a month for you. Which, first off, waiting for a month for someone to show up is a long fucking time. But if you dick around and do a bunch of side quests and you don't go talk to that person in that month-long period, you know, the month-long in-game period, they'll leave. And then you literally cannot continue the main story. You have to quit the game and start over. It's just fascinating that someone figured that out. Interesting. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't surprise me. People usually do go off on tangents. It depends on, like, what the in-game time actually equates to. Like, how long a day is. Mm-hmm. Like, how long it might take you to do other stuff. And, I mean, you guys are technically um, sort of experiencing something similar. I mean, you just got invited to a wedding that's, what, three weeks in the future? Maybe a month? Mm-hmm. And yeah, something like that. Now, you guys are... I, well, I say you're debating, but it sounds, according to Venera and Kasumi, that... No, we'll come back to that. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not, it shouldn't take us a month to... I'm sorry, you were well, saying? I don't know. I don't, know, I don't <laughs> what? think it would what? take us a month to, get, to travel that distance, but I don't know. But but again, anything um, can happen. I know, and oh no, Zahn won't have to go to a wedding for somebody in the Knightly Kingdoms. What will he do? If only he ultimately cared. <laughs> you are so racist. Racists hate the Knightly Kingdoms. Yeah, racist. <laughs> Listen, I'm not racist. I just hate everyone in this country, and everyone else is all right. Oh, uh, what was it? I saw? I saw a meme. It was it was two chimps, and uh, the first one asked the other one, uh, "What do you hate the most?" And he said, "Nouns." The guy's like, "Nouns?" He goes, "Yeah, people, places, and things." <laughs> <laughs> So I do have something to add about kind of changing up things about taverns. Yeah, go for it. Um, which, of course, my children were loud, so I needed to stay muted until I could. Um, I thought you were just ignoring me. No, I'm just trying to keep the background noise to a minimum. <laughs> um, so when it comes to taverns, pretty much every single game that I have played, for the most part, when you go to a tavern, like when the party goes to a tavern, we get met with a lot of decent hospitality it's rare for us to go to a tavern and run into a situation where we are greeted like garbage mm-hmm. um or host- you know it depends on where we are if it's a hostile area or like <clears throat> you said there's a bunch of locals here and then these people that look completely not like anyone in the town show up you know I've worked customer service for way too long to admit there there are not always people who are that great at hospitality that are in hospitality roles. So <laughs> I, I could just see that as a, like a little interesting perk to where either we have to win them over to try to get the information we need or we just <laughs> or flat out shit out of him until he gives us a fucking room <laughs> that's Hell always yeah. an option <laughs> um but that would kind of be a nice little challenge to throw at the group to be like oh well you know we 
we thought we were just going to go to this tavern and get some information after buying a couple drinks. Apparently, that's not going to fucking happen. Oh, give it we time. All, typically, people picture taverns as very, you know, hospitable places to get information. I mean, in all fairness, you kind of had that opportunity. You guys just asked the right questions, or I guess technically the wrong questions. Uh, for example, when you guys went to uh, Locust Harbor, you absolutely could have gone to a very shady, fairly shitty tavern and inn where you would have run into situations like that. But instead, you decided to spend big money at the Lone Palm Inn, which is very upscale, very prim, very proper, very nice. So, of course, you're going to be treated well. And then you go to these other smaller towns where, you know, they may not get a massive influx of tourists. So, you try to keep your clientele as happy as possible. Same thing in Rivercross. There were like two or three different inns that you could have stayed at, but you guys chose the little uh, like mini village one to go stay at. I think another great thing is about taverns and inns is if, um, if the DM has done his world building properly, the tavern and inn... Like you said, it's it's where everyone comes, and it's kind of like a, not the heart of the city, but it, it can be in, in a weird way. And so a lot of times, if you've done your world building correctly, it often reflects the town as a whole. Like if you if you go to like a seaside place and you see an inn uh, that is like its roof is like a as uh, the wrecked ship, like they used a wrecked ship to make the inn out of. That's cool. That's thematic that kind of tells you the kind of um feeling of the town itself or if you go like if we go to knightly kingdom we're probably going to encounter those uh standard stone buildings um if we go to um a place in maybe maybe in your home country uh kasumi we might end up at a place that has a hot spring like oh i just nice. i forgot what they were called a uh, o o something onsen yeah onsen onsen yeah so actually speaking of stereotypes this one actually chuffed me quite a bit and after like the third or fourth time i just gave up correcting you guys um the tempest inn was not two stories and you guys kept oh. saying, oh, yeah, I come, uh, you know, I come downstairs. And it's like, oh, yeah, but, but there's no upstairs. <laughs> it's all one level. It's just long. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, I said it multiple times and every single time in the morning. Oh, yeah, I come downstairs and go to breakfast. Like it doesn't have two floors. I don't remember if I did that. I don't think I did. All I of know you I did. did. <laughs> yes, all of you did. <laughs> well, that's, an, that's another thing that's very stereotypical is like yeah. you have... The bedrooms are the, upstairs. Yeah, you have the common area downstairs <laughs> and, the, and the rooms upstairs. It's very com That's very stereotypical. Yep. I tried. remember that the, the Tempest Inn is just more like a Motel 6. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Kepex also, has awakened from his concussed slumber and is here to make it you a problem. <laughs> Shut up and clean your glass. 
part of me wishes I had actually animated him cleaning that glass. It would have been funny. <laughs> um, Just perks up every time he talks and polishes it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I already touched on it before, but interesting characters, they don't have to be important quest givers. They can just be fun. Like um, Amanda's aides. John and... I um, mm -hmm. can't remember what the other girl's name was off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, just... I mean, not even necessarily with the ends, but like Canlan. I didn't think she was going to be as much of a hit as she was. It was Cobalt. Well, yeah, you see this dog coming. I was, was <laughs> like, you literally said Cobalt, and I was like, well, wait uh, to see what happens. Yeah. Found our favorite NPC. I'm not saying I have any problem with that. I'm like, she's great. I love her character. It's just like, just I knew that was going to be a thing. Just tossing Stacy and her mom. <laughs> yeah, I've heard she's got it going on. <laughs> she's all that I've wanted, and I've been waiting for so long. <laughs> <laughs> See, the problem is we've established uh, the party's favorite NPC, so at some point she's either going to be kidnapped or murdered. I mean, you say the party's Or the big bad. NPC. You don't know how... Or the big bad. That's Zahn's favorite NPC. Well, yeah, it, not, it might not be Zahn's, but majority vote, <clears throat> Canlan is the favorite NPC. Yeah, I don't assume, know who the fuck Canlan is. Assume but... the DM can't come up with better NPCs. Canlan uh, is like the first NPC that they really met on their journey as a group also a little pink kobold that worked at the rail station at the first town that they stopped at yep it's not about how good he makes an npc ian could make a fantastic npc uh and we would not pay attention to them at all it's all about just the random stuff we're drawn to <clears throat> fucking exhibit b kickbacks yeah i mean Oh, well, dude, you're lucky necessarily... I didn't kill you. God. <laughs> I'm sitting here, like, going over my head, like, like, not that I've got anything wrong with your character, but it's just, like, Zahn's point of view is, that is a very bad race. And, like, Traditionally. A monster. Yeah. So. Yeah, anyway. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I put... A, fairly decent amount of effort into every NPC that I make. But, like, I put the exact same amount of effort into Canlan as I did with the commander that you guys talked with up at Dragonshade Camp. You guys immediately latched on to Canlan and asked her questions and all that. The guards you were speaking to at the tunnel entrance, they had information about them. You guys didn't ask a single person their name. Or you really start, any about questions. the cave that we just went into, right? Yeah, the, the cave entrance at the Dragonshade Camp. Mm -hmm. Well, but I, I'm just saying that I put the exact amount, same amount of effort into every NPC. So the commander got the same amount of effort as Canlan did. You guys focused on Canlan. I built Canlan more. This you guys didn't even bother talking to the commander. So his information is just going to collect dust. Because you See the started bitching at him, and then, well, sorry, Kasumi started bitching at him. Zahn whistled beautifully, and then... I was just trying to help, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and then you guys moved on. Make it worse. <laughs> no, but it's, I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be a very interesting zone, because Zahn is not going to be interacting with a lot of people. Like, 
it is going to be on the group to do it because normally I'll even go out of my way to talk to people. I will not be doing it in the Nightly Kingdoms. That is, Zod does not like this country at all. So it's going to be up to other people to kind of start engaging. And if Zod engages with them, awesome. But like, it's one of those where, you know, people Racist. don't engage with them. Don't, don't expect Zod to do it because he ain't going to go out of his way. Racist. Racist. This is the way Zod is. I'm going to play the character as I have him designed. Doesn't like the Night of the Kingdom, so you better bet your ass he ain't going to fucking talk to him. Racist. Profiling. There are some Say good you people want. here. <laughs> bet there are. Zon just don't care. <sighs> but they got some pretty cool shit, though. I'll make you care. Okay. I'll be interested to see how you do it. And not being in a condescending way. Like, I will legitimately be interested to see how you do it. Tug on his fucking heartstrings, you bastard. He doesn't have a heart. Or a soul. Yes, he does. First off, yes, Zon does. No, you don't. Soul, debatable. Heart, <clears throat> yes. Now, It's just a pebble. <clears throat> uh, so, kind of came up with, um, like, a list of what I do to make a tavern or an inn. The first thing is coming up with a name. Uh, that's the first thing that I try to do. Sometimes the name comes later on after I've fleshed out the NPCs that run it. Uh, sometimes the name just hits me immediately, and that helps me build the tavern out of that. Mm, then I work so on... Base, like the design. Okay. Huh? So you kind of like come up with the name, and then the name influences what it might look like or what kind of people might be in it. Yeah, um... I mean, I'm, I'm tempted to spoil one that I just came up with for the area that you guys no. are kind of going towards. <laughs> no spoilers. <sighs> no it's spoilers. such a perfect example, though. I'm aware that it might be, and I'm willing to bet money, but as soon as you say it, I'm probably like, oh, but no spoilers. Give it spoilies. Okay, so no, no spoilers, but I came up with the name of the person that is the proprietor of it. And I was trying to think of how I wanted to design it and what the place was going to be named. And because of their name, after staring at it for like five minutes, I was just like, oh, that works great. And because of their name, I, I designed how it looked, um, what the history was for that particular place. Um, I figured out how the, the floors were going to be arranged, room layouts, like where the storage, the kitchen, where the front of house was going to be, what it was going to look like. Uh, and you also kind of want to like figure out how big the tavern would be. Like what's, what's the occupancy of it? And that is often driven by the size of the, the, the town. <clears throat> and I actually had to do a little bit of research into that. Um, let me see if I can pull it. I think I put it up in this document. One second. It's like, I actually went through and looked at the differences between, like, a hamlet, a village, a town, and a city. Oh, what? But what's the first one? A hamlet? Hamlet. Hamlet. Yes. A village. A ham I know the name hamlet so, because, you know. Well, boy, let me tell you. Uh, a hamlet is a small settlement that has no central place of worship and no meeting point. For example, like a, a, a city hall, a village hall. So it's literally just like 12 dudes and their families made a place. 
and that's it. And just live there. They oh, just okay. live there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a place to be classified as a village, a settlement must have both a place of worship and a central meeting point. A town uh, is traditionally reserved for like market towns, which were different to villages and hamlets because they were the local economic center and more often than not were larger and had more facilities. So a town would be closer to like Trentonville or, uh, I mean, Luna wind is barely more than a Hamlet. Like they didn't have a place of worship, but they had a central meeting place, which was the, the Tempest Inn. Um, so it just like barely classifies as a village. Then you go up to a city, which is typically larger than a town and will have multiple places of worship and several meeting points. So depending on what I have in mind for that particular city or, uh, you know, populated area, that's going to determine the size of the tavern. So, like, when you guys first went to Luna Wind, and everyone was kind of, like, depressed out of their minds, you know, they were being subjugated and whatnot, uh, it really was just Amanda running the place, because there wasn't a lot of people going in there, a lot of people weren't leaving after dark, but once you guys came back, it was fucking hopping. She had people helping her again, taking care of the front end and the back end while she was, you know, trying to do everything. So, uh, figuring out that occupancy is an interesting, um, it's an interesting thing because then you got to fit that building physically within the space of your city. And depending on the size of it, it may need to move. If like you had it on the outskirts, like, well, this place is actually pretty big and this place seems pretty popular. It's probably better to move it further in and, you know, causes a whole bunch of reorganizing and stuff. Um... Uh, The next thing to look at is, like, listing services. So, um, I haven't really touched on this too terribly much just because of the area that you guys were in. But, like, sending messages and mail, uh, packages, that sort of thing. Uh, Washing clothes, mending clothes. I mean, you guys basically have, like, one outfit apiece. So, um, you're literally living. I'm naked. Well, you have a bandana. That's true. Uh, And and then just figuring out the prices for that, depending on what you're wanting to do and where you are. You know, more upscale places are going to charge you more because they can. Um, Probably the hardest thing that I had to figure out is just like the basic food menu. Figuring out dishes that might be appropriate for the area, either just coming up with random shit or using stuff that I've eaten in the past. Um, now granted you guys have also been able to sort of flaunt your status a little bit and get free meals uh, especially at like uh, Amanda's Inn Um, but yeah uh, then you get back to staffing the place you don't you don't need to go like super elaborate into all the NPCs, but you still got to be ready with a description, a name, um, and how you want them to sound, which, you know, in a big tavern, you've got like potentially 12 plus NPCs to play. 
So I literally have like a written list of random fucking names depending on what region you guys are in. And if you're just like, hey, I grabbed this little dude off the street, I literally like flip to that page and go, uh, yeah, his name is this and he's a gnome, I guess. A gnome. A gnome. Um, useful too. Yeah. Uh, and, and speaking of staff, the next thing is to like fill it with people. In the same sort of vein, like, you don't need to name and create character sheets for every single person in there. You could even just have lists for, like, groups of people. So, you guys walk in and there's a group of dwarves that are covered in soot. Uh, on the next table over, you've got, like, a half-elf, a dragonborn, and, like, three humans. And they all look uh, sweaty and red from the sun. Maybe they were working out in the fields. And it's like... Those are just groups, and you give a basic description of what they are, and then if you guys go interact with them, then I panic and try to figure <laughs> out what the fuck uh, each of them are going to be, and like just praying to God you don't ask what their names are, um, and just what's their your, history and whatnot. What's your name, stranger? Uh, Bill. Percy McPerserton. <laughs> Percy McPerserton. I'm using that. <laughs> uh... A little bit more fun to do is thinking up of uh, events that are happening in there. Is are there is there a bard playing? Is there a troop of bards playing? Is anyone in there playing games, uh, cards, darts, arm wrestling? Is someone having a drinking competition? Yeah, Hugh Man. Hey, don't forget about Hugh Janus either. Very good guy that <laughs> Janus. Oh, one of my favorites, Kin. You dig it? Ooh, uh, don't forget about Phil McCracken. Don't great, great biggest, guy. Biggest, <laughs> biggest, biggest. Uh, but talks. Biggest. Uh, and <laughs> go send him away to the lions. <laughs> it's uh, a good name, sir. Like uh, biggest dickus. I have a good, very good friend in Rome named Biggest Dickus. <laughs> Speaking of events and games that are going on, uh, is there things that the players can interact with? You know, you guys go into a tavern and Brick sees arm wrestling and he's like, all right, got to start training for the next time I go up against Pez. And he goes over there. Are, are they betting? Are they doing it for fun? Are they just boasting and screwing around? Uh, and I, I guess the, the biggest thing is to just trying to remember to really describe the place so that you guys know what's normal in that place. So like, if, if I just, you know, you guys walk in and say, yeah, there's a bartender, there's a crackling fire, and there's a few people sitting around. Well, there, there's no, there's no scene. There's no, there's no attempt at anything. But if I say you guys walk in, there's a couple of bards playing, there's a dude dancing up on a table holding two uh, flagons, one in each hand. There's a couple people over on one table that looks like they're rolling some dice on the table. And one of their members stood up, uh threw his hands in the air and stormed out of the bar sh shouldering past you guys while the rest of them are gathered around giggling, collecting mm. up the coins that they just won. It's like there's a Scotsman on a table saying, look what I've got under me kilt. <laughs> and the, his buddies <laughs> up on the chandelier above going, look under mine. <laughs> but I mean, now you've got like three or four different things to, to think about. Like, do you go find out what the fuck the Scotsmen are drinking that they're showing off their kilts? Do Is there a bard or a musician among your party? Like, 
I'm going to go up with the bards and see if I can't earn us a little bit more coin tonight. Or do you have Brick and Pez who are going to go in uh, at the uh, dice table and see if they can, you know, weasel some money out of those guys, you know, maybe cheat them out of some coin or, or play legitimately, however you want to do it. But Telekinesis. <laughs> yeah, telekinesis. You know, Jedi mind trick. But doing it in that sense, it even if you guys choose to like, nah, man, we're just going to go straight to bed. It's like, okay, so you guys head to the bar, uh, the barman, and you ask him for a couple rooms. He tells you it's going to be like four silver for the night uh, for like two rooms. You guys go to bed. Cool. Done. But you still have options. And the place just feels more alive when you do it that way. It can be very, very overwhelming, but it's worth it. Agreed. Good talk. Moving on. Um, <laughs> right, I got a message a question. My apologies. So the next thing, I kind of uh, mentioned it before, but quests. Hmm. So moving away from the stereotype of the mysterious figure in the corner smoking a pipe and looking all super serious and spoopy. No. Fuck that guy. He's a fucking shut-in, lives in his mom's basement trying to look cool. You're going to go talk to Glebelthorpe, the goblin, who's, like, dancing on a tray sliding across the floor. It's like, that's the guy I want to go talk to. So, uh, like, so what, what's the source of the quest? Uh, and what is the task? Is it presented in the form of a job board? Is it... Uh, you guys sit down at the table and you're just drinking and eating and like talking about what you did throughout the day. The next table over, you hear some people talking about uh, uh, people going missing in the woods, heard some howling. It's like, oh, they're, you know, maybe a werewolf. We can get some coin for bringing in the head of that thing. It's, it's fucking with the town. Or do you guys walk in a fucking smorgasbord of just random Willy Wonka bullshit and there's a guy going, oh, those guys look like they'll take some money and he approaches you and you know just a farmer he's the one that's been hearing the howling his sheep his cows have been disappearing and he's like you all look like some strapping young whippersnappers you want to help an old man out for a couple of coins and no no okay well i'm just gonna go try not to die good luck like i'm gonna fuck myself have a great day death involved (laughs) well maybe I've always yeah, like really appreciated um, when you you go into a town like it's 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 late so he's like okay f- well for we gotta find a place to rest so you go to the tavern and you describe all the people in the tavern and while you're talking to the bartender maybe someone like old man Jenkins comes up and has a quick word with him and it goes away in the middle of your conversation and then later on you're doing you you do stumble across some quest or something not even in the tavern where you're like oh man. Well, we're missing a puzzle piece here that has something to do with the history of the town. Well, who could tell us about the history of town? Well, old man Jenkins has been alive since dirt, so we might as well. So we might go talk to him. <laughs> so I'm. So I'm not gonna lie. One of my favorite um, examples of how to get quest was in a tavern. They had the child of a prostitute, and he would listen to everybody talk. And every time the group came in, he'd be like, hey, did you hear this? Did you hear that? And, like, he would just, like, word vomit and let them know about everything that was happening in town. So they're like, wait, 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 go back. What? What's this about a demon? Oh, yeah, it's possessing this place. We will be right back. <laughs> and they'd, like, go off and do whatever it was. And 
but it was always funny because it was just like this like innocent little kid sitting in a bar like well his mom <laughs> strips for money yep makes sense yep. <clears throat> all right does anyone have a quest they don't have babysitters <laughs> in many of these fantasy worlds do not judge the working mom yeah no i you mispronounced twerking mom you're welcome <laughs> Hey, there she is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, just reminds me of the Greek philosopher who saw a a son of a prostitute throwing rocks into a crowd and said, careful, careful you boy, you might hit your father. <laughs> uh, but kind of looping back to the the uh, the job board thing. Um, there's sort of a few ways to kind of go about that that I've I've kind of found there's there's the uninteresting way and then there's the railroady way and neither of them i'm really much of a fan of so the first way is like when you guys were in rivercross and you went into the mercenaries uh headquarters and i said there was a bounty board ignored the indiana jones side quest Right, but at the same, you know, with that note, I gave you guys a lot of options. There were multiple bounties. There were uh, multiple missing persons. There were multiple quests up for grabs. You guys latched on to Lapis and the Duke. I feel like that, I mean, on the one hand, that's a very overwhelming thing to do, but I wanted to make sure that you guys were fully aware of your options. And depending on who you guys decided to go after you could absolutely have delayed going to the Knightly Kingdoms and tried to hunt these people down. Um, the other way that I feel is slightly more railroady, but also a little bit more, I guess, in character, is basically saying, like, uh, you go up to the job board and you're looking around, there's a bunch of quests from uh, killing beasts, bounty hunting... But there's one that really catches your eye, and it's this. And then that's pretty much a huge, like, this is the one that I am giving you. You don't have a choice of any other quest on this board. Right, but there's nothing saying that we still go for that, though. No, it, exactly. And that's why I say it's it's kind of, real, kind of railroady. Because I'm not giving you a full menu of options. I'm saying... Here, this one. Now, granted, I could, you know, give you a few, but yeah, it, either way, I don't feel great about doing either of those. But yeah. I've always been a firm believer that if you're going to railroad uh, someone, you might as well make the beginning of the quest interesting uh, and make it to where, like, have some event happen. Kind of like with the orcs uh, that you did uh, two sessions ago Sterling where, Pool. like, yeah, Sterling Pool, where it's like, whether you want to or not, you're caught up in this. It's your choice whether you want to continue to investigate or you just want to leave it behind and let them fend for themselves. Yep. Mm -hmm. you're, and they're... you're caught up within the, uh, oh, what's it called? The uh, inciting event, mm -hmm. but it's up to you whether or not you want to actually participate. And there would have been a... To, well, in, in my own head, it would have been a very, very fucking hilarious encounter had you guys gone that route. Uh, like, oh, stuff's burning and, and dying outside? Well, we're staying inside. <laughs> well, no, no, not not that. Um, 
if you guys had decided, well, orcs, you say, well, let's go investigate that, there would have been an interesting interaction, potentially further down the road, that you could have had. But you guys were like, nah, we took care of it. We're moving on. We're done. Yeah. I mean, I actually it's have, your prerogative. I have an example of kind mm -hmm. of what Zeke was talking about, creating an event that happens that not necessarily railroads, but it kind of does lead them directly into a new direction. Um, so this recently happened in another campaign that I'm playing with, but a very special item gets pickpocketed from an item in the party at a tavern. And this mm. is something of extremely high value to where if you don't get it back, you're in deep shit. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's kind of like that sense of urgency. It's something that would typically normally happen at a tavern, but it creates that instantaneous side quest to where you're like, I'm sorry, guys, we got to handle this right <clears throat> now. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm not saying go steal all of our stuff, DM. I... <laughs> What? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you over the ideas I've got going on in my head one. right now. It's a fun way to railroad. Zeke is going to wake up missing an arm. <laughs> he oh, went out on a binger. <laughs> no, because you're supposed to be in bed. This campaign, Washi uses it in a different one. Yeah, the long game. The long game, which means I'm going to suffer, you bastards. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so, last but not least, is uh, giving the details of the tavern. I mean, like you were saying, there's almost always a hearth, there's almost always a bar and tables, blah, blah, blah. But make it interesting. So, instead of, like with uh, the Tempest Inn, instead of it just being a hearth, it's like, this hearth takes up the entire wall and there is a massive carnivore skull mounted above it like that's pretty fucking unique and then um the the other thing i wanted to touch on with that is upgrading the tavern especially if it's a repeat so you know when you guys are first in there basic bitch furniture you know a little bit dusty you guys came back new furniture Trophies were hung up from the mayor's place. Uh, more people were in there. Just, it makes it feel more alive when you guys go back to a place and you get to see how things have progressed. Like, maybe your favorite table has now been replaced because of a brawl. And you're like, oh, but I carved my name in it. Well, gotta do it again. Zahn just, like, dual hands his sword and just scratching his name into it. You know, things of that nature. Um, and yeah, again, uh, <laughs> very borderlandsy. All the trophies you accrue just fill up the tavern. Yeah, exactly. If you guys bring stuff back to your favorite haunt, I mean, it grows your legend. You get more notoriety. You know, people start telling tales of when you came in with this bleeding head of a basilisk. They're just like. Oh, yeah, you should have heard. The first night it was here, some guy got drunk, went up and stared at it for too long, turned to stone. We had to throw him into the quarry. <laughs> I mean, you know, just things like that. And then when you guys come back to visit, it's just like, oh, it's them. 
<laughs> you you get rounds of drinks bought for you. You don't pay for a room. Like notoriety's where it's at. And uh I mean speaking of that, NPCs that the players interact with get more detail. So you specifically choose a server that you guys liked. He treated you well, gave you a lot of good information, gave you the down low. You guys go and sit down and some random dude comes up and is like, "No, where's Billy?" It's like, "Oh, uh let me let me go get him." And he comes out of the back and he's like, hey, and then you guys just have a fucking party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it makes well, sense. I mean, like, it's just one of those where it's, I like, I like the idea of that. And also, I do find it very interesting of, like, uh, what do we call it? Like, having the situation where, what would be a good example? Like, um, don't hurt yourself. Like, maybe, like, an anime or show, like, where a character comes into a town and, like, makes that town their home for a while. And, you know, for next few months or so forth, it's, oh, well, you know, I still go on quests, but it's stuff that's around the town. Or maybe, like, one town over, and at the end of the, you know, end of the quest, you always go back to that one town. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, you guys seem to have tasks and wants and desires that are gonna kind of take you yeah everywhere so you'll probably have places that you go back to for you know a period of time but sooner or later you guys will move on and unfortunately you don't have a wizard so you can't just like set up shop in one place go out on an adventure and then teleport back and be like oh thank god my own fucking bed i didn't know that that was the thing (laughs) wizards could do Wizards get the teleport spell. So Oh, 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 okay, okay. I didn't realize yeah. that was a spell. I thought this was like kinda like a make a base spell kind of thing. Uh n- no, it'd be more along the lines of like let let's say that um Venera spent her share of the Duke's money to buy a, a home in Luna Wind. And mm-hmm. you guys paid a really, really high level wizard because to use a teleportation spell, you get that in the grand scheme of things, relatively early, uh, you were not able to inscribe your own teleportation circle until way later. But you could pay somebody to do it. And you could have someone put a teleportation circle in, like, your basement or your closet. And then any wizard that knows that location can then cast a teleport spell and just appear on it. Interesting. So you could theoretically have a home base with a teleportation circle, but none of you would have the capability of using that spell. Now, granted, you could buy a spell scroll, but a teleportation spell scroll would not be cheap. At all. Yeah, once you use it once, it's done. Correct. So. Uh, But yeah, that's kind of pretty much all my thoughts on inns and taverns. They're neat. They allow for cool interaction and new and inventive quests and shit. And prostitute sons. And prostitute sons. Well, saloons are a completely different business, and brothels as well. Yeah? Beep bop boop. Skibbity bop and da da. Skibbity bop and boot up. Okay. Um. (laughs) 
So, do we want to roll for the next topic, or does someone yeah. want to pick one? All right, we've been rolling so far. Let's keep it up. All right, Oop. I'll swap to a D4 since we've uh, gone down one. Also, in a... case me and Zeke go out, our internet is being a bitch. Got it. Uh, that is a three. So, moving on to casting without available spell slots. Uh, this is something that Zeke brought up to me in passing one day, and I said, wait, hold on, let's save it for Whiskey Wednesdays, because while I'm immediately just going to say no, and I'll give my thoughts on that, uh, it is an interesting prospect. So, for those who are not aware, spellcasters, uh, you have a certain amount of spell slots. So, you'll have, like, four or five level one spell slots, four second level, three-third... Uh, two, four, and like one, five, just baseline, whatever. <laughs> Let's say you get into a massive fucking fight and you use all of your spell slots. Maybe even before the fight, you were screwing around, making your friends levitate or whatever, or you know, maybe one of them fell and you had to cast Featherfall and you used some of your spell slots. When a wizard or any spellcaster uses all their spell slots, they cannot cast spells per the D&D rulebook, you can no longer cast spells. It is just physically impossible. You are drained. Zeke's idea was you can cast without spell slots, but you would incur penalties. So, you always suffer a level of exhaustion per spell level. So, if you're out of spell slots and you cast a third level spell, you will immediately have three levels of exhaustion. Oof. Yeah, and to be clear, uh, there are only five levels of exhaustion before immediate death. So you can technically, if using these rules, you can technically only cast a fifth level spell at the most. Well, by the sounds of it, you can cast higher, you just immediately die after. That too. Uh, I, yeah, technically speak. Well, actually, fifth level spell, you just die. I, I would actually, even with these strenuous rules, I would probably say you wouldn't be able to do 6th level. You would attempt to do a 6th level and then die before it was completed. Just because of, it's like you have just enough of your own personal life force to cast a 5th level spell before capping out, but a 6th level is too much. You would attempt it and die. And it would not succeed. Is how I would personally rule it. Mm-hmm. So now, Zeke, you mentioned this other part of it, but we didn't touch on it because we were going to save it for the, the stream tonight. But you said that there would be a dice roll for further consequences. So, right. So yours. the way. Okay. So the. Mm -hmm. uh, and I sent this to Becca and I think maybe uh, Kirsten as well. Um, but you would roll. So you automatically get the level of exhaustion. That is non negotiable. And I. And honestly, I've seen this concept before, and before it was always just the levels of exhaustion, but then someone said, well, what if you roll a dice and say you get a somewhere between 18 and 20, uh, 18, 19, 20, that levels of exhaustion is all you get. You you got through uh, with the minimum uh, uh, consequence. However, maybe if you roll somewhere between uh, 14 and 17, you get like a minor, um, another minor uh, unfortunate thing happen. Uh, maybe you lose a little health. Uh, maybe you're not able to cast spells for the rest of the day. Something small. 
Um, I mean, you already wouldn't be able to cast spells for the rest of the well, day. Well, <laughs> sorry. Maybe you can't cast spells the next day or something. Maybe oh, okay. See, that maybe makes that more carries sense. Over. Sorry. Um, and then, so that's, you have some minor thing happen that it's not good, but it's, it's workable. Uh, the next tier down, maybe 13 through <clears throat> 7, maybe we'll say. Uh, a major uh, thing happens that's not good. Maybe you can't cast spells for multiple days after maybe uh the level of exhaustion can't be taken away with just one long rest all you could create a table of all sorts of things like we do with the uh jug well, of many things now another thing to keep in mind for people that may not be aware um for levels of exhaustion uh generally speaking you only get that if you do not take a long rest there are spells and things that you can implement that gives you levels of exhaustion um but the way that you get rid of exhaustion is you can only get rid of one level of exhaustion per long rest so right. let's say that you're a barbarian and you're uh you're using your frenzy which gives you a level of exhaustion you go through like three different fights in one day and each time you use frenzy uh you get like three levels of exhaustion you take a long rest when you wake up the next morning you have two levels of exhaustion. When you take a long rest after that and you wake up, you have one more level of exhaustion to get rid of. A long rest does not get rid of all of your exhaustion. It only gets rid of one level. So right. make that very fucking clear. And while you're talking, Zeke, I'm going to look up the uh, exhaustion detriments to Ooh. read off for the stream. Uh, I have it right here if you want me to do yep, it real quick. Please, saves me the trouble. Uh, so... Level one of, of exhaustion, you have disadvantage on all ability checks. Two levels of exhaustion, your speed is halved. Three levels of exhaustion, you have disadvantage on every roll. Ability checks, attack rolls, and saving throws. Level four of exhaustion, your hit point maximum is halved. Level five, your speed is, is reduced to zero. And level six, Im immediate death. So essentially, if you stay up for six days straight, you'll kill yourself. I mean, kind of accurate. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just saying that's yeah. accurate. Like, I'm pretty sure if you tried to stay awake for six days, you'd be dead. Yeah, not to mention you're living the life of an adventurer, so that's six days of peril, basically. Yeah. And yeah. a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> Now the partridge is dead too. Six days of peril. <laughs> so <laughs> everything is dead. It's basically like Game of Thrones. Um, and then so yeah, so you have nothing happen, a minor unfortunate event, a major unfortunate event, and then I would and then five or six and below, uh, you, uh, uh they they were kind of vague on it, but they I took it to mean that like you lose something really bad up, up until and including also immediate death. So there's still that small chance you might still die no matter what level of spell you're casting because you're technically not Oh, I thought that able. was the other way around. Like, you're going to die, but something else bad might happen. Oh, no, I'm going to die. Your arm's going to fall off, but I'm going to die. Well, they're <laughs> fucking going to die. Wait, how am I going to die? I'm going to get hit by a meteor. Well, That's so worse. <laughs> 
one of the things that could be worse than just regular old death is Super you, death. you have a you have a bit of time to be resuscitated. There are also spells that will keep your body in that state for I think up to a week. Um, I can't remember. It's like a a minute, ten minutes, something like that, that you have to revive somebody after like like three death saves, dead, like mm-hmm. dead, dead. You are gone, dead. It may even be like a minute. Um, but yeah, I think I think revivify is within a, a minute, minute of death. Yeah. Spare the dying is within six seconds. Yeah. Uh, well, that's... Yeah. Yeah, and that's a cantrip, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it has to be within the same round. But, like, one of the potential um, downsides is you could, like you said, super kill yourself. And, like, if you roll that bad, you're done. Like... Here's a new character sheet. Get to work. Because yeah. there's no reviving you. Yeah. Like, if you get disintegrated, if, if you were hit with a disintegration spell and you fail the save by a certain number, you literally become dust and you are just gone. Period. That, that's actually... The only way to bring you back is to make a body, steal your soul, and put it in a new body like a zombie. No. Yeah? I don't even think that would work. Uh, well, the only, I think, the only spell that can bring someone back from the dead from a disintegration is true resurrection, which is where you don't need a body, and the wish spell. Mm-hmm. Which and by the time you have... get the wish spell, you're probably well. Wish is a ninth mind. level spell. <laughs> I, I was saying, I was gonna say that, like, generally, if you're dumb enough to get like super deaded, but well, I say dumb enough by a disintegration ray you're probably fairly on into your levels like in the Mm. early to mid teens and you don't get your ninth level until what 16 18 uh i would say it's after that hold on uh it's it's been a minute since i've really looked at the the math for that Uh, yeah it's basically at the by the time your guys are level 20 and you're ready to wrap up it's like oh hey philip you're back it's like what the fuck, guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, you get your you get your singular uh, for most people's cases uh, ninth level spell at level seventeen. There you go. I was close. It was a happy medium. <clears throat> yeah. So who gets the wish spell? Wizards. Wizards. That's it. Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't pick a wizard, and you don't get teleportation. You don't get wizards. You get nothing. Uh, there are a couple other. Uh ones that get it here let me check because i know bards can get it with a little finagling um so let's see we spell uh yeah sorcerers wizards uh the warlock patron with the genie and bards if they do some finagling well if they ever make a wizard class they can also do melee i'm all in i mean they they did we, we fought it. <laughs> we didn't. Ian, you want to take this one? No, go ahead. You are, you're on it. Uh, so it's called the Blade Stinger. Uh, it's literally a wizard with a with a sword, and it's he's it was the one where we fought against the other players, and he was the one that kept like fire skating around us. 
Yeah, but they're not wearing plate armor. Well, no, or you like, just said you no, just you said, said a wizard that melees. Okay, let me rephrase that. I assume that you know you weren't going to be stupid and in melee. <laughs> I mean, yes. Let me he... go charge that really ten foot tall dude in solid plate armor with this sword and paper armor. Yeah, he killed Pez. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware, but at the same time, oh. Uh, at and, the same and, time, it's one of those where it's kind of like, he killed Pez, yes, but that's also an outcome I would have expected in that situation, because Pez also isn't wearing heavy armor. I mean, I think you're heavily to... underestimating a Bladesinger wizard. Yeah. Also, how dare you allow Pez's sacrifice, sacrifice to be made fun of like that? Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, rogues are squishy targets, and they are able to get into melee and do a lot of damage. You don't have to wear plate armor to be a melee character. Never said you did, but at the same time, rogues have other... I don't know. I mean, it's all about how you build your character. You know that better than anyone. You should look yeah, into it. Difficult check, on purpose. check out a Bladesinger wizard. You might like it. We Not to mention you can augment uh, characters with feats. Spells. That's where utility spells really shine. Yeah, you make it so... Like what he did with Zephyr Strike. You give yourself a burst of movement speed. Um, opportunity of attacks do not affect you. You cannot be hit by an opportunity attack. Uh, you increase your, your AC because you're moving so fucking fast. I mean, wizards have that one spell that um, makes them blurry. I can't think of it off the top of my blur, head right mirror now. Image? No, not mirror image. Um, it's called blur. Oh, blur. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention shield. And shield. Like, you've you've got a lot to get in there and just be a fucking nuisance with touch spells, bladed weapons. I mean, you can absolutely be an asshole. <laughs> What's... Uh, <clears throat> speak, speaking of spell, This is really off topic, but speaking of spells that you are just a absolute menace with, and I think I've talked about it before when we were talking about uh, druids. Does wizard get a heat metal spell? No, but the artificer does. Yeah, heat metal is a second level spell where you can just set someone's armor on fire, and they just have to take it. Hehe. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, speaking of spells and cleric and all, uh, we did bring up very briefly before the stream started uh, divine intervention. So, just going to read this uh, word for word from the book for Zach's purposes. Uh, Divine Intervention. Beginning at 10th level, you can call on your deity to intervene on your behalf when your need is great. Imploring your deity's aid requires you to use your action. Describe the assistance you seek and roll percentile dice. If you roll a number equal to or lower than your cleric level, your deity intervenes. The DM chooses the nature of the intervention... Or intervention, sorry. The effect of any cleric spell or cleric domain spell would be appropriate. If your deity intervenes, you cannot use this feature again for seven days. Otherwise, uh, you can use it again after you finish a long rest. At 20th level, your call for intervention succeeds automatically, no roll required. Wait, say that last part again? At 20th level, your call for intervention succeeds automatically, no roll required. Okay. Um, Seems like a very small chance because you said equal to or lower than your level, your cleric yes. level. That is very yeah. specific. So if you yeah. are, uh, if you are 
cleric level 10. Well, let's say that your your overall level is 15, but you've put uh, 12 into levels cleric. into cleric yeah. and three levels into something else. You have to roll a 12 or lower, not 15 or lower. No, that, that I get. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm, like I'm saying that as a general, like for people that may be listening to this in the future, that's what that means. Yep. And while, yes, it is a, a low chance, especially when you first get it, you have a 10% chance for it to work. But for those yeah. of us who have seen Critical Role, we have seen. Well, I tend yeah. to see. I'm not. Seen it work where a god basically bitch. Well, a, a god bitch slapped a dragon, which was hilarious to watch. I haven't gotten that far. Thank you for the spoilers. I am so sorry. Bad. Bad. But yes, so, you have. Mm, Never mind. No, I haven't. I don't think I have. Anyway. Never mind. Um, so now this doesn't mean that the deity will be able to do anything that you ask of them. It is not a wish spell. Um, generally speaking, like when it says the effect of any cleric spell or cleric domain spell would be appropriate. So if you were as Zahn, you were to ask her to, um, blow up the capital city of Harpermere. She would probably say, <laughs> no, I wish I could, but no. But now let's say that um, Brick goes down and he's down, down, and you guys don't have a diamond worth 500 gold pieces to revivify him. For, I believe there's no material cost. You literally just beseech your deity and say, please revive him. And if you were successful, it would be, you know, he'd come back. Gotcha. Yeah. They, I'm just uh, saying that I still have the ability to say no if what you were asking is outside the realm of the spell's capabilities. You're stupid. If you're stupid. No, no. No, that is not what was said. I said that two seconds ago. Didn't you hear me? <laughs> It's not what he said. He just agreed to a degree. <laughs> and all I'm going to say is... So you're saying there's a chance. All I'm saying <laughs> is that stupid should and will never be ruled out, especially when it's including me. Oh, no, I know you're going to be stupid. I'm Excuse just me, young be lady. Rewarded. You do not get to tell me how stupid I am. I I mean, I she's just agreeing with I you. Am. I will destroy you. No one makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> no one makes me bleed my own stupid... <laughs> The poor bastards. Well, um, any <laughs> other thoughts or questions about divine intervention? That seems very powerful. I, I guess like it's still like it's a ten percent chance. So, being the kind of player that I am, I would never in a million years rely on something like that. Well, the other interesting but... thing, at at least with regarding you, is. I would be shocked if you were ever successful. <laughs> Why? Oh, yeah. oh, God. That was actually the first thing. It's like, you got to roll under. I'm like, I'm never going to fucking do that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> the only percent I'm going to roll a fucking hundred on my first go, I guarantee it. Yep. Yeah. That's what I was saying, though. 
I wonder, would your luck work for you or against you in this situation? No, well, his numbers is, roll high. No, actually, funny enough, in tabletop where I'm playing, uh, like, Infinity, no, I actually roll the exact other way. It's hysterical. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. I feel like we should make him roll right now. Yeah, go for it. Ro roll. Uh, one second, one second. Something's got to die. And, okay. Actually, uh, you know what? Just for the sake of the argument, I'm going to roll two just to see. Okay, Same. so what am I rolling? Just to see what the die is? So you got to roll wow, your Wow, I actually ten. rolled a seven. Oh. Uh, I'm not going to say what I rolled. What'd you, uh, you got more roll... than a seven? No, it was better than a seven. <laughs> So I'm not trying to be condescending, but you you know how to roll a, the two d10s to get your yeah do you do the one number and then the other is the like the two numbers yes on the uh, I don't remember what side of die they are but ten sided so for those who are not aware you've got two different types of d10s you've got one that goes from uh, zero to nine the zero being a ten you've got another one that goes uh, basically from zero to nine as well but there's uh it's double digits so there's like zero zero one zero two zero three zero four zero it's 30 40 50 60 that so that nature so the double digit one if i were to roll that and i got a 60 then it's 60 and then you roll the normal d10 and i got a nine so that's 69 nice. if you roll <laughs> if you roll a double zero and then or a another one. zero or yeah if you roll a double zero and then any other number it's in the single digits so a right. one a two three four and that's how i got a seven however if you roll double zero and a zero that's 100 yes yes oh i always did it as if since the zero on the single digit one represents 10 if you got a 90 and a 10 that was 100 because it adds up to 100 no no well, no, you're stupid. You're wrong. <laughs> no, you you, you are. are wrong. <laughs> if you if you roll a double zero and you roll a single zero, that is a hundred. That's how. Any that works. other double zero and a number, any other double zero and a number is just that number. Single digits. Yeah. Sad. That doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. It doesn't have to. We'll make well, sense so of then, it for you. How? Zeke, if that doesn't make sense to you, then how do you how do you roll a single digit number with the two dice? If it's zero zero, that is automatically just zero. So a single digit, like you said. It's, it's the first part what you said I'm I'm on board with. What doesn't make sense to me is if you roll a zero on the single digit, then the other one automatically becomes a hundred instead of saying zero and just becoming ten. Well, but then you make it impossible to get to roll a 90 yeah because if you if i were to roll a 70 oh, you just on the double it. digits and then i were to roll a zero that's 70 wait i'm i'm interested how do you roll a 90 then zeke roll an 80 and a zero uh roll an 80 and then a, a 10 that is disgusting so then how do you it roll makes a sense 10 in my brain how do you it roll a 10 <laughs> zero 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 because the zero on the single digit one represents ten. Ew. <laughs> I, feel dirty. I don't I don't I mean, like it. I hate the way that he's explaining it, but it technically makes sense. It just doesn't make good sense. I'm just I am just keeping the numbers consistent. 
I am too. So were we. <laughs> yeah, if, no, no. if you're if you're if looking the at the single zero... digit dice and you go one to nine, then mm-hmm. you go back to the zero on that one, and then your D ten goes to the ten. And then your single okay. digit dice is zero. It is null. There is oh, nothing well, there. Okay, so then I do actually have a question then. So then how do you roll a ten in your system then, Ian? Is it a zero you, zero? You roll a, a zero? You will, zero. No, you roll a ten and a zero. So you're not keeping it consistent. You're changing the value of the numbers based on uh, based on outside factors. Yes, no. you are. What? No, no I'm not. <laughs> so it's literally just instead of zero zero being zero, it is a hundred. That is the only thing that fucking changes. No. <laughs> okay, on the single digit die. Yeah. What does the zero <laughs> represent? If you're rolling it on zero. its own, that is a 10. If you're rolling it as a percentage, it's a zero. No, it always represents 10. No. No. This is bullshit. <laughs> Y'all are fucking stupid. I mean, logically speaking, Zeke's way of thinking is correct. Logically no. speaking, Ian's way of thinking is also correct. It's just it's a matter of personal opinion. That's fair. Because when you start switching what numbers, what the uh, symbols represent, it starts making it too complicated. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. This that conversation zero, zero in general is complicated. I disagree that zero zero being a hundred is complicated. It's really not that hard. Whatever. <laughs> Y'all are. I I can't argue with stupid. <laughs> oh, I will look, drag you down and beat you with experience. We can't understand it for you. Yeah, I'm 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 through being dragged down and beat with experience. I'm just gonna go back up to my level. Bitch, how God dare be. you make anyone else have my expertise? I'll fuck. Enjoy kill your me. weather up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> uh, All of you are fucking dumb. <laughs> divine intervention. No, no, but go, tell tell everyone for everyone to hear. Who? Which opinion do you agree with? I'm so Why curious. Why did I get into this? Because I want to. Yeah, this is funny. Do it. (laughs) Okay. I can see how both sides have your math. To be fair, I stopped listening like 30 seconds. (laughs) 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 However, However, for people who have like neurodivergence and who need structure, Zeke's way is going to work better for them. For people who are trying to do more of a streamline, Ian's is going to work better. That's probably why, like, that linear progression and that consistency, a lot of people are going to prefer. That being said, the other way is classic. Which way is the other way? Ian's. So neither of you are wrong. Y'all are dumb. And I don't want to talk about this anymore. How does Critical Role do it? I don't think they have ever said. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think when it comes to percentile die, unless you have a D100, it's ultimately up to how the DM would like the rules to be. Yeah, that's what I said. No one should get a D100 because that's way too easy to throw at someone. Yeah, and they're freaking heavy. Yeah, I have know. you heard Nims speak of the devil? <laughs> we have someone one that is fucking metal. jawbreaker truck at their skull? Did, did yeah. someone ask for a D100 to roll? Yes, please. No, I do not roll it. Jesus Christ. Hello. Do it. 
<laughs> they made me roll listen it. to math for the last like 20 minutes. Fucking roll it. Oh, hold on. I, I have to get it out of two protective bags. I have two things oh, that are going to happen. Just One, to oh, get hard service. <laughs> get my dice tray. <laughs> Y'all are dumb. Can't believe you made me listen to math. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> You're welcome, you neurodivergent little bean. Uh, you act like you don't know that's going to happen. D&D is just math. That was a very quiet roll. No, it wasn't. You, I heard you were it. were all just loud. <laughs> the reaction, too. I rolled a 62. Do I do, do you need me to roll it again? No. No, you good, love. No, we were, we were talking no. about no how to read uh, 2D10s to get the results that you want. And even looking it up on the internet, the internet is super divided about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I've seen like three pages that support the way that I've always done it. And I've found at least one that goes based off of Zeke. And they are the ones that are the most adamant that like everyone else is wrong. This is the right way. The other links were just like. Our brains can't comprehend why. Well, no, that's, that's fine. But all I'm saying is that the article that I found about yours is saying everyone else is wrong and they're retarded. The other ones are just like, oh, yeah, you just look at the dice like this and that's how you figure it out. Yeah, but that's they were very helpful with it. No, Again, that's, that's your people were angry. When, <laughs> no, to, be fair, to be fair, people who are neurodivergent need that and they will defend that to the death. Alright, we're fighting. Roll for initiative. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something very, very mean, but I'm trying to be nice. It's okay. I'll cry it's about a, it later. No, it's alright. I'll do it for you. Fuck was you! It, wait, was it mean to Zeke or mean to me? Because I'm looking for a fight, because I got a fight with a manager, and a um, carrot. It's so more, I will bring it the fuck off. I message it to Zach, because I know he'll get a giggle out of it, but I kind of yes. don't want to say it live on stream, because people get offended. Oh. <laughs> oh baby. Let's, let's just say that it would not be a, a, an amiss thing to hear from South Park. Oh, yeah. let's see here. <laughs> Can you send it to me? I want to know. Okay, okay, first off, funny. Second off, No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the problem with that is that could be said for either side. Well, You're judging by my own personal by research, it's only Zeke's side. That's Your research angry. is based on the internet. The internet literally can't be trusted for anything. Uh huh. Yeah. Abraham, Abraham Lincoln said so. Told me so. <laughs> exactly. My whole argument has just been confirmed. Bam. Fuck I you. love. So please join the Discord, and you can have conversations like this <laughs> all the time. All people the like, fucking time save me. It's like, people like Zach's like, no, that's not how we're going to remember this. The reason why I say that is because people are stupid, and it's easy for me to say <laughs> that. No, the reason that you say that is because you know it pisses everybody off. No, that's not how we're going to remember this. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. Can someone please get me a harp while I watch the city burn? <laughs> no. No. You're if I have to watch it, so do you, you bitch. I'll watch it. It's your own heart play. Pop sucker. I want the world's smallest violin. Me, There's me, a whole song on that me, that he's obsessed with. Don't it's such a great song. <laughs> if I do it, I'll find somebody soon. Oh, God. <laughs> You're all bitches. Oh, excuse me. I am king, bitch, and you will address me as my royal title. Oh, yes, my age. Apologies for this uh, wench. Mess Royal bitch. 
We are in a tavern. <laughs> he did. I'm sorry. You should be, you bitch. Well, I'm um, not sorry me. anymore. My little bitch. <laughs> oh my god. I like my laugh sounds like a witch's laugh because it's echoing mm, between my <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, speaking yeah. of murdering each other, let's move on to uh, introducing a new character to an existing party. <laughs> boop, boop. So, do me a favor the... and add a stream marker. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me let me Here do that real quick. Skablam! Uh, there we go. Aww. I'm still right. a mug. So, well, yeah. You haven't told me what you wanted yet. Anyway, I specifically did. I don't remember. That You're also telling me on the nights that I'm drinking. <laughs> no. You have no Wait, how often do you drink? All the time. He's Irish. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> he, he drinks on any day that ends with day. <laughs> any day that ends in Y. Only Fourth of July, Monday, Friday, <laughs> Christmas day, noon day. End with a Y. Christmas day. There you go. Any month that has at least twenty-eight days. No, no one. All right. Well, sometimes cause... 29. Anyway. Uh, so that was a tangent. <laughs> it was. Oh, the idea here was from Becca, and it oh, is involving bringing a brand new player into a group or if a previous character dies. And the question was, how do you bring them into the current story? And that's, that's an interesting thing to really try and tackle because after a point, the group sort of starts to understand each other. They get used to how their characters are going to react in certain situations. And while it is a tragic loss normally to lose a party member in such a way because it's, in the grand scheme of things, it's... Um, it's not heavily weighted to have that happen. Like you have so many fucking options to avoid permadeath. Um, It'll happen though. It, yeah. it, it can happen. Um, I don't, I honestly am not sure which one would be more difficult is bringing a whole new person into the fold or replacing a character. Not, not you know, you know, emotionally speaking, but like actually getting these brought in because, I mean, I've I brought metal in to play Kipak for what two three weeks, yeah. and yeah. in my own personal opinion, I thought he kind of popped in and melded fairly nicely. He yeah. really did. Yeah. Good job. Okay. Now. Granted, I've known these yahoos for at least four years. That does help. Yeah. Um, knowing your uh, knowing your player base is also really going to help. Yeah. Right. So, moving then to, for lack of a better word, the the housekeeping or like the the DM side of things here, because there's there's gonna be there's gonna ha there's always gonna be a grace period of the existing players who are super familiar with each other 
to getting used to this new guy or girl, depending, or toaster. I don't fucking care what you identify as. Yeah, um, girl, toaster, fucking search tree. So, I mean, that's going to take some getting used to of, you know, we can make these jokes with this guy, but, you know, we just added a paladin. Now, oh, the paladin gets all up at you about this stuff. We got to, you know, maybe pander to them. I don't know. Fuck but no. I said maybe. Fuck the paladin. <laughs> Literally. It'll probably piss him off. It'll probably make him a little easier to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> He'll become a dark paladin. <laughs> so, I know at least, at the very least for me bringing a whole new character in is you know figuring out the backstory initially and then trying to trying to work out like why are you there why are you now joining this party what has led you to like how how do they meet first off which is something that really fascinated me about critical role when Talison's character died because he I've was gone. Spoilers, thank you. Uh, anyway, because <laughs> I know you're never gonna watch it. Um, totally right. But he was he was gone for a few episodes because there was nothing for him to play. And at this point, I kind of forget exactly how they ended up going to where his new character was. And at the time. You know, I had no idea that they were going to be introducing a new character, so I didn't really have the time to think, like, oh, are they being railroaded into going this direction? Did they know to go this direction to bring him back in? Was it all the DM that was, like, you know, sort of nudging them in that direction? Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I foresee that being a very interesting challenge of... Is it a chance meeting? Is it, do they essentially take over the role of an NPC that they were going to talk to anyway? Um, I don't know. It, that That's a bridge I'm going to have to burn when I get to it. You're crossing a bit, bridge headed to Tribal where you find him twerking on it. <laughs> yeah, you adopt him as a pet and then you find out that he can fight and you're like, alright, you can stay. <laughs> I like your gumption, kid. <laughs> I like the oh, yeah. code of your jib. What's a jib? Promote that man. Damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> so I will say, um, one of the reasons I brought up this topic is twofold. So when I had my work group, um, I didn't realize that one of the people in my group was inviting people into the campaign without telling me. And I was the DM. So I had like five characters I had to fold into an already existing campaign when we only had three players originally. And it was just total craziness trying to fit everybody in. And I think one person, we couldn't figure out how to fit in during like an entire session. So we ended up having to have them just sit there for that whole session and then the next session we managed to like squeak them in um but another thing is is like my first character i was extremely bonded to my first character when i was a teenager and i actually developed that character in a like group survivors clinic and like when it died it broke me like i 
didn't get out of bed for like two days. Like I was that attached to my character and trying Aww. to just play a new character when you're so used to, I mean, I played that character for five years, like trying so hard and you're just so attached and you put so much of yourself into that character. It just trying to like exist as a new character was daunting and nearly impossible for probably like the first three or four sessions. So that's why I wanted to ask the question because I didn't know, I know like I definitely as a teenager, I did not handle being put in with a new character after the death of my first character very well. And the second time I had to roll char new characters into a campaign, it was kind of thrown at me. <laughs> yeah. And so I was kind of hoping for some. Well, I mean, it, it is very much something that it, that was cool. Zeke barked and the toes popped up. <laughs> Um, it's definitely something that I'm having to consider, uh, minor spoilers. I think we talked about this the last Whiskey Wednesdays, but, uh, Nim has been talking about the fact that Pez may potentially not want to continue. Um, and one of the things that I had to make sure that he was aware of with that decision, you know, outside of Pez's mentality is... There's a big possibility that if Pez boogies out, that he may not be on the stream for a while, depending on how long it takes the party to get to wherever his next character might be. And if they keep deciding to go where he's not, and then I have to try to, you know, rewrite the story and explain why he's here or... Why is he trying to catch up to him? Why is he at the place that they're going to? Why does he approach them? What is his reasoning for trying to join in? It's it's a interesting challenge to think of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's... actually mm -hmm. No, I was about to say, that actually brings up an interesting thought for me because like, I make new characters all the time or like come up with new ideas for characters all the time. And I've thought about it. I was like, okay, on the, on the chance that for some reason, brick doesn't make it out of a session, what would I want to be? And I even had the thought of, well, we have a lot of people that can do a lot of damage, but we don't, but bricks one, uh, I would say bricks probably the best in the group at taking a lot of the damage. So would I want to do another character similar to that where it's a uh, damage sponge or would I, or would we be okay if I branched out of that? So sometimes you got to think about that too, is like, if you are introducing, <clears throat> if you are unfortunately um, losing a character and having to introduce a new one, do you still fill the same role or, or, yeah. or do you keep the party balance or do you do something else? I'll yeah. be honest, you're a pretty shit damage sponge if you're dead. <laughs> or a really good one. <laughs> yeah, if he's the only hey, one that's uh, dead uh. and everyone else is tip-top shape, then he did his job. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I know, again, going back to the critical role, when Talison's character died, his character was uh, supposed to be a damage dealer. And weirdly, he did not have good roles on that character. Like, nope. he did almost nothing as Mollymock, which is very, very, very unfortunate because the class itself is fucking awesome. But their quote-unquote cleric was Zack, basically. She took <laughs> no healing whatsoever. 
So when he came back as a new character, he was a graveborn cleric that actually healed. And then, like, everyone in the party is just like, oh, is this what a cleric is supposed to do? And they just look over at Jester like, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So it would be a very interesting thing if Brick does bite the bullet. Uh, You know, we've we've discussed before about not having a wizard to be able to use those key things. You know, the... uh, uh, the, the the tower spell so you've basically got a mobile home teleportation so you guys can travel really fucking fast everywhere and not rely on items or scrolls or do you go with another tank do you go maybe uh, a barbarian and actually become a meat shield or do you do another type paladin. of fighter or a paladin yeah, yeah. Not not only do not only take damage really well but give people buffs if they're close close enough to me mm-hmm or branch out and do a wizard or a bard or a sorcerer. Yeah. So that that is those are definitely some things that I would consider. I mean, if you're if you've got a group that's all squishies and someone is wanting to join that's another squishy, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but D&D really does your party does thrive on balance. Mhm. I mean, the Holy Trinity is the Holy Trinity for a reason. I mean, even if you have one tank, one damage, one healer, and then anyone else apart from that is just icing on the cake because it's extra. You've got Brick, who's tanky. You've got Venera, who's a healer. And everyone else is damage. Now, granted, it's a little bit weighted in the damage department, but technically speaking, Zahn could take healing. He doesn't, but he could. I have. Oh, I have. When we had the um, fight with what's his face, uh, the Duke. Yeah, I had healing spells on my bar that day. Hmm. This was the day before. Yeah. Well, I mean, it never came up because it was never needed. Like Venera had that handled. Yeah. And, and like that was and- my whole thing when we came to like when we came with group dynamics. I literally made a cleric with the intent to heal. But then we had somebody say, hey, I'll take on the healing role. So I said, well, I really like the cleric. And that's when I talked to the DM, like, can clerics damage? And Zeke was like, there's a Tempest cleric. And I'm like, yeah, well, Zeke and I were just like, oh, <laughs> buddy, can clerics deal damage? Yeah. <laughs> and, there's, and not only are there Tempest cleric, there is the war cleric. There is the forge cleric. There is a couple of different clerics that I would say Tempest and war would probably be the best. But there's a couple of them that can deal some decent damage. The great cleric can do some like really fucking paladin. good damage, too. They're, they're decent with healing. They're more prevention of death rather than healing because i mean any cleric can heal but the graveborn focuses mostly on preventing death in the first place and dealing a lot of like that well so one of the main things about the graveborn cleric you guys actually fought one um with the uh in trentonville with the 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 five other people that i got to play Mm -hmm. um basically what they are able to do is they can cancel out critical hits so oh. if does yeah you know how kasumi's been doing that they're able mm-hmm. to do that as well but it's an ability instead of a spell for them right it's a reaction period so every reaction they're able to go no now granted <laughs> kasumi's is a spell and she also gets the added effect of giving someone nearby advantage 
but that's what makes it a consumable it's ultimately limited spell yeah mm-hmm. yes uh and actually it's cleric is an interesting class because like you showed before especially with the war and the tempest clerics can kind of ping pong between each of those spots in the uh in the trinity you can do huge damage you can do great healing and as long as you got heavy armor and some good spells you can tank yeah yeah and the fact of you being a cleric you can literally change that every eight hours yeah well you can't change your domain but you can change your spells well no sorry not your domain but you can change your spells enough to theoretically be good in any of those positions Yeah, they're they're an insanely versatile class. Um, but yeah, I mean, introducing a new character is always going to be difficult. It's going to be... I feel like uh, Becca's example is probably the most difficult because, one, you're dealing with the death of a character that you've probably been playing as or with for a long time, which at this point we've been playing for over a year. So mm-hmm. it would be a bit of a hit if any of your characters were to die. Um, but knowing I'm, our stereotype or not our stereotype knowing the group as a whole I feel like there'd be sort of a, a little maybe a little bit of metagaming of like oh well, we're gonna welcome this guy in and make him feel at home just cause you know it's it's Zeke it, you know we're not gonna make Zeke quit oh, the game I mean, no, also, I, I, Zeke I is the one who thinks he's gonna die I'm sorry Kip was nearly killed first thing <laughs> Pez was first. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a feeling if I had to bring a new character in, the especially Zahn and maybe uh, some other members of the party might give me so much crap before al- allowing me to be in the party. The sins of the no. father have transferred to the son. <laughs> Brick Jr. Oh, have you guys seen that um, that story where like the kid starts playing D&D? Oh, with his dad God, and his no. character gets killed and he just writes junior oh yeah and, then the character sheet, and he's like i'm here to avenge my father and just keeps going <laughs> oh that's fucking hysterical see i feel really bad for thinking this but like i don't want brick to die because i have a really cool story in mind and i would hate for that to go out the window Pez, on the other hand, he's done. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Pez. Now, granted, that's not to say that I I want Pez to go away. And, like, I fully and wholly respect his wish to um, want to play someone else. But I I do... There there is that little nagging worry that, depending on what we do... uh, trying to figure out a backstory and working that into the overall arcs of everything. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to become a habit because I don't want like Kasumi and Venera to finish their stories and be like, okay, time for a new character. It's like, I I don't want that to become a thing. Right. Pez has a new character for every section of the map. In Nim's defense, it really makes sense for Pez's mentality. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm like... Considering it. Yes. Will it be difficult? Yes. Will I allow it to happen a second time? I don't know. It's also one of those things where 
you got to be careful with how you tie it in because like if you get rid of a character and you add a new one well where are they from if they're from an area where someone else is from now one person's story becomes two person's stories not necessarily not really I mean, the fact that Venera and Kasumi came from two completely different locations and their stories just happen to coincide from what we've seen so far. So be careful. I didn't say it was always going to happen. just said that you have to be careful how it's done. I, I don't really understand your concern because even if... It wasn't a... You're back. I'm, no, I just... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not following. It's more along one of the lines where it wasn't D&D where it happened. I can't remember what the situation was, but uh, one person had stopped playing a game, joined back in, and made a character that just so happened to be from... It was actually... I don't remember. Well, the situation was they were in the game, left, came back, made a character, and it just so happened to come into... Or it started in the area where another person's character was and they wanted everything to do with that other person like they he didn't want to be separated uh, from this other person because they, they were started from this owning team. their story yeah i guess that would be a better way of explaining it okay that... so they were they were trying to piggyback off of their party mates store or their party member's story and make it seem like their own they seem to be like forcing themselves into the other person's backstory. Yeah. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, like to a degree, like let's gotcha. just say, you know, the person's from one place is like in <laughs> the other characters. Go, oh, yeah, I was there that whole time that that was going on. It's like, well, were you? It's like, are you sure? Because I'm the only survivor of this town. I don't think anybody oh, in this, what? I don't think anybody in this group would do that. I'm just saying that that's no. the situation and, that I've seen. And I would, in a situation like that, I, I, Unless they talked to the person themselves and came to an agree an agreement, um, I wouldn't allow that because that's that's not fair to the person. Oh, I know you wouldn't. Yeah, but this is a like you said this was a the whole chat about like anybody. No, no, no. You're you're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, but yeah, no. That's not that's that. just a dick move. Yeah, it no, is really right. a dick move. I, I guess said, my I brain just didn't this... fathom that concept because none of us are assholes. Just, we aren't that way just a, out of curiosity um and you can totally correct me if i'm wrong um did, did the, the person, person who come back came back yeah did they seem weirdly obsessed with the person in real life too no god no i had i don't even know if they knew each other at all this was a like, long ass time ago this is why i don't really remember specifics Okay. Because, like, I remember hearing about this a long, long ass time ago. Because I. It might have even been DD. I just don't remember what the game was. I actually. Since you were talking about it, um, I watched a TikTok that they were talking about this, and it was the um, copycat player's weird way of flirting with that person in real life. Ooh. And because they kept telling them no, they just pushed harder. To make mm. their characters be connected, so, so like that's, I don't. That's what popped in my head because I just saw that weird. video. It was really weird, um, but that was a similar situation where it was just like borderline stalker in the game. Yeah. If I can't have you in real life, I'll have you in the game. Yeah. Mm. 
That's uh, just fucking weird. Anyway, I'd like to announce my new character for Fools and Flagons. Zon's papa. <laughs> uh, it, it already exists. He is not an orphan. No, I, I, I know. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I can tell you all about him. <laughs> Let's go. Or, or you can play the guy that thinks he's his father because his mom told him that he was, but he's not. <laughs> uh, Zahn would most likely kill him, <laughs> so you know. Like, not, a very short-lived character. <laughs> like, well, you gotta die. I wonder Welcome if he would dad. beat the You're record of Critical Role's... Uh, Guest character death. <laughs> well, I'm your sorry. father. You're not my father. <laughs> well, no. Essentially, they were like in this other underground tunnel. They met a uh, was kobold. it a was it a kobold? It was a kobold. Okay, so because okay, that's a fucking. Like, how long do kobold? Like, how long have you been down here? Eleven days. How long do kobolds live? Eleven days. <laughs> and then he literally. They go into the next room. There's a couple of fire giants with, like, dual-wielding shields. And he's like, I ran in there and I go to attack him. And they just squish him and he dies. And like, all right, thanks for joining. And he kind of gets up, waves at everyone. like, okay, bye. And he leaves the table. <laughs> Damn, like, what, within uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> he was at the table and dead. So funny. <laughs> what about that guest character, Fireball? What? What? Wasn't there like a guest character that you were telling me about where they just like? Oh, that's over? right. They there was a pit, <laughs> and one of them fell into a pit, and there was something down there that they had to fight. So when they got to the next pit, the wizard went ahead and threw a fireball down there, and they heard a scream, and then they heard someone from the other, and like I think Matt was like apologized to some girls, like sorry, and they're just like, no, we killed her characters. Like you threw a fireball into a. Four foot wide hole. What do you expect? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so I remember sad. that. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> like, um, uh. so something funny. So I had um a friend whose daughter wanted to start playing, and she's like six. And so I have this whole campaign set up. I get everything done. It's based off of Frozen. That's her favorite thing. And like five minutes in. Her dad makes a dad joke. And she looks at me and she's like, Can I stab him? And she accidentally kills him. Oh. Because she What's like stabbed him. And I forgot he was on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> and he just went over the side. And he died. All I'm gonna say teach this him. is all I'm gonna say to this is at least she was ready to let it go. She, she. And it's now time to end the stream. Uh, <laughs> oh, look, I've been impaled. Oh, I yeah. I want to say one last uh, thing about uh, about characters and parties. It's interesting, Becca, that you say that you mentioned earlier about you had a character that you were like with for so long. Mm -hmm. During my first, like, maybe two or three years of D&D, I was playing with a group of college guys, and of course, like, we all have our own schedules, we're in college, it's hectic and a mess, and, um, I never got to play the same character for maybe more than ten sessions, uh, but I always played sorcerers for, like, the first, I would say, like, five, uh, like, a, a campaign attempts that we did, 
And it was, it's so funny because I was like, I love sorcerers. I just want to play sorcerers. But that got it out of my system so I could start branching out. Uh, was playing those uh, the, those multiple start and stop games so much. So I just think that's really the, uh, it was interesting the dichotomy between the two experiences. Well, it was kind of sad because it was very clandestine. Um, because no one in my family knew I was part of this like group, and my mom was very anti D D and D. So I was having. Well, no, she was part of the satanic panic like it was she has oh god a visceral hate of it and to be fair she had a reason um as sad as that is and she's gotten over it and she's actually played with me since thanks to stranger things but at the time everything had to be hidden and i just bonded so much with this character because i was going through so much and it was like this secret thing that was just mine and I played him every week for five years. And then he died. Man. And it was so sad. And literally couldn't get out of bed for two days. The girl who accidentally caused it actually, actually sent me roses because she felt oh. so bad. Oh. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And it was sad. It was so, so sad. Poor Lyle. Out of curiosity, for those who have played a bunch, which would be, I, I mean, we've heard from Becca already, but Kirsten, Zeke, and Nim, I think you guys have played the most out of all of us. Have you guys had one of your characters bite the bullet? Mm-hmm. Um, I no. technically did, but Zeke was nice and had a deity take care of me. Good job. <laughs> There's also the time that there's also the time that uh, that uh no it wasn't it was uh none the wiser yeah none the wiser there's time none the wiser should have just got flattened by a book oh yeah well but you you told him and you were like by the way you really shouldn't do this for for me though I, I I was done like. Mm-hmm. My my cleric should not have. I should have rolled a new character. Because he got um, stonified by some basilisks pretty early on, and I was the only yes. cleric. I forgot about yeah. that. Yes, yes. Yep. Um, and technically, the uh, deity that was following them, chronicling their journeys, he was like, "I'm going to help you this once." And unstoned him. Like, I was already thinking of new characters to make. So I was like, no. well, you know, I did what I had to to make sure that the rest of them survived, but this is it. See, there's a caveat to that, and I don't know if I should reveal it. Uh, I mean, I don't for... know that we're ever going to revisit Odyssey, so far yeah. as I'm aware. So there's actually a. Um a thing in odyssey that they that it the book tells the dm uh basically every character in the odyssey gets one. Oh, uh, so and, spider-man nice uh <laughs> pretty much so like each character has one uh deus ex machina and it each comes from a different source depending on um what 
decisions and what backstories and stuff that you uh that you created so that was actually that was actually a feature of that module which was really interesting i thought i can tell you right now there is no such feature in my campaign (laughs) (laughs) you die you dead motherfucker (laughs) so i will say this um because i was a horrible person so i intentionally kill the next four characters after Lyle. I just used him as all the rest of them as cannon fodder and just ran headlong into situations because I felt bad and felt like I was betraying my character. And I was just like, go off and die. It's fine. I'll make a new one. Zach, are you still there? Hold on. Zach. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't hear I, th- I was like, I personally have not had a character die yet. Knock on wood. Jeez, I don't need that to happen. Um, I did have one sacrifice her soul to a demon. Fun. So that was interesting. And it forced her to transform into a succubus. Mm, it's a text. Oh, so I went from a questionable condition to Wait, a when did your character condition. meet Kelpie? <laughs> so I mean, she she technically died and came back came back to life, but yeah, no, I haven't had any characters flat out die, thankfully. But I get very attached to my characters' backstories, yeah, which mm-hmm. is why I'm not a big fan of one shots because I don't have the opportunity to get attached, and I feel very disconnected for one shots. I mean, one shots. Uh, one shots aren't really there to tell a story. They're there. I mean, personally, I view one shots as a chance to try different classes out. Yeah, which I I totally see that. I just find I try to put I put too much effort into my backstories. I'm with Kirsten. Everybody's so, got a flaw. So even yeah, when I a lot of heart and soul in that yeah. backstory. So even when I go to make a character for a one shot, I get not too connected, but I'm like, to me, I'm like, did I waste all this time? Well, I have a fucking maybe campaign that I fucking poured for hours over, like, the fucking backstory of this character. Straight down to, like, what happened to the guy from his backstory. Yeah. So. But, yeah. What did you guys see me for? Curiosity. Uh, I didn't hear you say be right back, and I heard thumping in the kitchen, so I was about to go investigate <laughs> with a particular <laughs> item under my desk. Damn! Like a badass. His dildo, his dildo lightsaber. What will I do? <laughs> well, I mean, I looked uh, over and I didn't see a yeah. light because you normally turn the light on when you go in there. I so, I will say I just remembered because since you asked Ian, I have not had a character die, but I have been through. Oh, I don't like this character anymore, or I don't, I don't see myself going anywhere with this character. I want to change look character. A flip. <laughs> I'm going to do a flip. <laughs> we're basically gods falls off cliff um let it go um so i had a for anyone who has ever looked at the monk class and looked at the uh subclasses you will you might have seen uh kensei monk never <laughs> under any circumstances should anyone ever choose a kensei monk it does not make sense <laughs> It is the worst subclass 
Hands down. How do you spell it? We'll use this as the next uh, Whiskey Wednesdays topic. Uh, K-E-N-S-I. About why um, Zeke has a vendetta against monks? Uh, no, no, not monks. I think monks are great. No, monks in, um, in and of themselves are great, but there are some subclasses of classes out there that are garbage. Yes. So um, if you really want to rant and rave about this now, you can, or we can save it for... I will just, I will just say the, the, I will just say one, I will try to keep it to one uh, sentence or two. Okay. The, the entire purpose of a monk is that you punch stuff and you do it well and you are very uh, dexterous and you, you, you're a martial artist. Now, granted, uh, fighting with weapons is technically a martial art but it's not a hand-to-hand combat martial art. I don't know why I chose a subclass uh, where, as a character who should just be punching stuff with his fists, I decided to use weapons. I don't know why I did that. It was a terrible idea. Never doing you it like again. like shiny objects, which is why we have a weapons wall in this house? That is true. Um, <laughs> I shot by made... colors. <laughs> yeah. Monks mm-hmm. are made to punch stuff. Do not use the Kensei monk. Moving on. Um... Well, I have added that to the topics because I, I'll be honest, I have not looked at monks much because no one has really expressed any interest in playing a monk yet. So um, I'm going to look into monks I. for next monks? Uh, Whiskey Wednesdays. And monks I will see if a... I can convince you otherwise, Becca. <laughs> God. Uh, monks are definitely a class that you take when the trifecta is full and you have a well-rounded party and you're like, I just want to mess around. Um... Yeah, monks definitely have their uses, but from what I've seen, you need to be a little bit experienced with it, and having the trifecta is... Yeah, you need to be an extra. Yeah, I bet I can make a a good monk. I mean, you definitely can. There are are builds out there. I was going to say, Zach, you've got two weeks. If you can make me... Make me the best monk you can at our current level, level eight. I'm curious to see what Um, you're able to come up with. I'm also curious to see which uh, subclass he goes with, because I have opinions on that. Um, um, but Zach, I'm going to make to a temporary uh, campaign for you to join so that you have access to all of my shiz. I was actually about shiz. to ask that. Um, actually, you know what? I'm just but... going to invite you to Pez Blarg. Blarg. No, I'll make you your own. I'll make I'll make him his own. It's fine. This one will Pez be Zach Blarg. So um... Anyway, back to the actual story of this. So yeah, I made I made this monk, hated it, uh, was a terrible idea from the get go. Um, uh, but the problem was, uh, the DM had apparently worked a lot on the backstory and where the backstory was going, much like you have done with Brick, and uh, was none too happy with me. And instead of, I would say, communicating with this and meeting me halfway and like figuring something out. Uh, he just decided to make it as difficult as possible for me in the future, uh, inclu- up to and including introducing my character, getting him in the story, and just every encounter we had was just a bad time. Uh, and it did not help that he was a wizard, uh, so he was very squishy. <laughs> Aww, the baby. Um, but yeah, so that was I mean, I understand the sentimentality, like, if... You know, we're a year into playing. I have what I personally think is a great story for you to uncover for yourself because you've given me unlimited control. That was the point. And bring it on. Honestly, if you just said, like, 
I don't want to play brick anymore. I'm I'm I would be legitimately sad. Like he I'm excited for pet or for not oh. for pet uh for brick. It's trying to pet. say like pet. It's like <laughs> no. Well, whenever I'm looking at the screen, I flip-flop between everybody's little characters as they're there just cuz I'm so happy of how they turned out. And I was looking at Pez when I was talking about brick and my brain just and yeah, it's just bad time. You're going to have a bad time. Um yeah, I my point with that whole story is definitely communicate um, with it, it, whether you're the DM or the player. Just be like, hey, this is a bad idea. I built this character terribly. I'm not <laughs> having a fun time. I understand you uh, spent a lot of time on the backstory. Is there any way we can salvage that? Or is there any way we can transfer that or retcon it? And as a DM, just be open to the fact that this character is not having, this player is not having fun anymore, and that's the whole point. So don't take it out on them just because they made a bad decision work with them, and that way you both have a good time. Yeah, mm -hmm. you just need to communicate either as DM or a player, just be like, hey, I don't know how to roll a D100, <laughs> and you you workshop it. <laughs> You're an ass. <laughs> <laughs> you just not realize uh, that? Zach, you may need to uh like quit out of that tab and reload it because I just now enabled content sharing. Yeah, no no no, I, I saw that. I kind of forgot that I could only have so many uh content sharing options. So, so curious. So curious which one he'll go with. Um I already have one in mind and it's very stereotypical, but no I have spoilers. racing behind it. Is it Jackie Chan? No, race wise, race wise. Oh, Jackie Chan. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, so Kayla's not here to talk about Kelpie and why druids are broken. So maybe I'll leave that oh, up for my. the next time around. But Sad. Uh, yeah, she doesn't interact with us except for D and D, really. <laughs> Sad. Uh, well, anybody else got anything they want to talk about super quick or? Uh, add ways to roll D100s okay. in the next Whiskey Wednesdays. Okay. Did we? How to roll D100s. Okay. Did. Oh, wait, I'll ask later. I could have sworn we mentioned talking about Warforged at one point, but did I, did I imagine that? Probably. I think you imagined that. Okay. I was going to say, um, the, I was going to ask if everybody saw that video about the Stranger Things and the Satanic Panic thing, but I really, no. oh, that you put in the topics. Yeah. I, I saw it, but, uh, I didn't really have the time to look into it for tonight. So that will be, oh. uh, that's like one of my favorite things. I like freak Zeke out on one of our first dates talking about that and he like was traumatized it was great <laughs> but since they um they're using that as a basis for real life people for stranger things characters based off of that i thought that would be kind of cool uh so i'll just put satanic panic with dnd plus stranger things uh, so then definitely make sure that you're here for the next Whiskey Wednesdays because I have not seen Stranger Things. I don't really have any intention to watch Stranger Things. Uh, I can definitely look into the Satanic Panic with D&D because that kind of interests me, but I may need you really to cool. be here to bridge the gap between uh, oh, those yeah. two bits. 
Um, well, see, since it's not... I'm trying to think of how to describe this. So there's one character in well, the new save, Strangers... Save, okay. save, it for the, save it for next Wednesday Wednesday. No spoilers! Fine! Fine. It wasn't a spoiler. <laughs> Me. And then by then I'll have something that's not this like adorable little angry mug. Yeah, you just need to remind me on a day that I'm not drinking, you goober. How dare you? So I never. Look, it's the name of the show. So never. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you haven't already, please join the Discord and uh, submit your suggestions to the Whiskey Wednesdays chat uh, text thingy. Um, we play games all the time, even when we're not streaming. Uh, you cannot. I'm going to disable that command. No, you're not. I, what, I what command? He's trying to spawn hamburger. I don't have stream avatars open. <laughs> Aww. Is there a hamburger? On Pez's stream, yes. <gasps> Cute. See, it, if you would watch Pez plays on Mondays, you would see hamburger. In fact, if you were interested in joining us on that, we are still playing Halo Reach, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, we're doing Quasi Lasso Legendary, and it's a lot of me screaming and Pez just being good at the game. And uh, Metal being at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Metal's in the cafeteria on the Infinity or whatever ship we came from, and he's just talking smack while we're murdering <laughs> Covenant. Uh, as he yeah, should. As he should. Um, speaking of metal, is this, uh, is this a weekend for you to do metallurgy or do you have metallurgy plans at all coming up soon? This is my free weekend. So I'm streaming metallurgy yeah, magic this Saturday. Saturday. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Don't know what or when or where might be the Minecraft. Has a maybe, huh? question. The toaster has a question. I'm aware. I'm ignoring him. Um, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Uh, no, okay. you're good. Go for it. Um, Sue, uh, fuck, I, 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 I noticed you were ignoring me, so I just moved on. Uh, what was my question? Oh, yeah. Uh, so since y'all are doing Halo right now, is there any chance of returning to uh, Star Wars game? Because I noticed it was on sale on Steam. I want to know if I should pick it up. Yeah, what game? The Battlefront 2. Is it cross-platform? Yeah. It, it's... I mean, it's both on PC, isn't it? That doesn't necessarily mean it's cross-platform. The, the reason I say that is because on Epic, it takes us through the Origin Launcher. And if Steam doesn't send you through the Origin Launcher, then we may not be able to... It'll up. it'll work fine. Okay. I, I say I, pick it up anyway, because there's a decent chance of them returning to oh, it. Oh, we will absolutely be playing it again. We just played it for yeah. like a month straight, so we're swapping it up a little bit. Like, yeah. okay. I'm I, tired. Yeah, I, I want Zach to freak out about Darth Vader some more, so... <laughs> me, personally, I would love to play Battle Battlefront again. It's um, currently $8 on Steam. No, that's not bad. Yeah. Then I absolutely it would buy off. it. It's... Yeah. Even if we don't do it for Pez Plays, I'm sure we will probably end up playing it again at some point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you very much. I had my question now. Um... So yeah, we're, we don't have D&D &D this week. It will be next week. The podcast should be up this Friday, though. Um, oh. Huh? Sorry, I... So <laughs> I'll mention it after stream. 
Okay. Uh, nobody has anything else? No. Mm -mm. Okay. So thank you all for joining. Please join the Discord. We would love to chat. And even if you just want to lurk and listen to us be idiots, we welcome that just as much. And again, if you have any more suggestions for D&D topics for us to discuss, we have a channel for that in the Discord. Anything and everything is on the table. And yeah, that's pretty much all we got. So good night. Love you guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Whiskey Wednesdays podcast. You can watch the show live on Twitch every other Wednesday. If you'd like to recommend a topic for us to discuss, please join our Discord. The links can be found in the description, and we look forward to seeing you soon.